In this episode, we're exploring Courageous Minds and the Impact Program at Alice Smith School. Let's get into it right now. Welcome to the Alice Smith Pod on Purpose podcast, where we will engage in courageous conversations with thought leaders in education and explore the intentional impact our alumni are having in the wider world. So today we have Sean May, head of school at Alice Smith School, and we've also got Professor Mushtaq Alatabi from Harriet Watt University, Malaysia. Both of you, hello. Welcome to being here, first of all. Hi. Hi, welcome. Hello, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Simon. Nice to see you. Uh, great to see you too. Mushtaq, thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having us. Well, it's, it's great to be here. It really is. I wonder, just for the sake of people who are listening, Sean, first of all, if you could just introduce yourself and just explain in a nutshell what it is that you do. I'm Sean May. I'm the head of school at Alice Smith School. So I have day-to-day operational oversight for both campuses here in KL. And basically, I'm involved in everything from health and safety through to the professional learning of teachers, through to wonderful partnerships like we have with Mushtaq. I love that. Nothing that you're not involved in. That's perfect. And Mushtaq, just in a nutshell as well, if you could just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about about what you're doing. Uh, well, um, my name is Mushtaq Latabi, as you can see, and I'm currently the Provost and Chief Executive at Harriet Watt University, uh, Malaysia. And just like uh, Sean, I do everything that the university uh, needs me to do and um, primarily uh, responsible for the success of the university here, our student experience, driving the research and um, and really furthering our impact, positive impact on our community and on the world. I love that. And the fact that you're both working in education is is, is a great place. Clearly, you know, by, by its very definition, it's a very progressive industry or sector to be working in. But today we're going to be looking at this discussion here on Purposeful Minds. So I, I, I wonder, Sean, can you just explain to us, first of all, wh- why Purposeful Minds is such an important topic in the world of education? I think what's most important is it's the kind of self-awareness and self-knowledge that a child has and a student has as they grow and they evolve. And it's trying to equip them with a kind of, I suppose, an edge that they go out into the world ahead of the game. Uh, we don't want our children to necessarily struggle to find their own purpose. We want to be enablers and we want them to be multipliers in the world. So actually knowing your own purpose and how it contributes to a collective purpose, we think is a core foundation for every child. I love that word of enabling as well. That's fantastic. Mushtaq, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I, I totally uh, agree with whatever has been said. You know, I personally believe that we bring to whatever we do in, in life three types of capabilities, our physical capabilities, our cognitive capabilities, and also our emotional capabilities. And I think uh, increasingly machine is able to do the cognitive and the physical stuff that is required from, him, from humanity, leaving us largely with our emotional capabilities, our sense of purpose, ability to motivate ourselves and motivate others as the ultimate domain in which human beings will, will, um, will contribute to life. So that's why I believe having that sense of purpose is essential for uh, remaining relevant in um, a highly technological world. Mushtaq, I'm intrigued by this uh, difference between the the physical, the cognitive, and the emotional. Just in a nutshell, can you explain the difference between those three, please? Sure. You see, for for most of our uh, civilization, the physical strength and the ability to move things around was an essential part. It is 
it's a requirement for you to lead. You, if, you are, if you don't have this capability, you can't be a king, you can't be a leader. It's very, very important. Now, during the first industrial revolution, we, we freed ourselves from this because we took the physical capabilities to a whole new level with the machines. And that was in the, in the 1800s. That was the time where uh, we, we, um, we thought our contribution will depend on how smart we are, our ability to memorize things and, and analyze them and so on. But then the machines now are able to do some of these things actually better than us. You know, they have better memory than us, but a faster capability to analyze huge amount of data and so on. So what remained for us at the end of the day is that ability to keep ourselves motivated, have a clear sense of purpose, act in, in, a, in, a, in a way that is uh, uh, coherent with ethics and morals and so on. So this bit is now the most important thing, in my view, in terms of developing young people, leaders, and humanity at, at, at large. Because if we, if we don't focus on this, we will be competing against machines that are able to do the cognitive and the physical in you know, much faster, cheaper, uh, more precise way than, than us. So it is an amazing human opportunity, but it is also a very challenging thing because, as you could tell, the most difficult thing is to keep people motivated, to teach them how to motivate themselves, to teach them how to motivate others, to teach them to uh, to know themselves. I mean, as Sean mentioned earlier, you know, the ultimate knowledge is, is self-knowledge. It's not an easy thing. It's very difficult. But I think that human journey is taking us to this moment, special moment in history, and how we respond to that will make all the difference in terms of our future, the future of of humanity on earth. I love that. With every challenge comes opportunity at the same time. Thank you, Mushtaq. Sean, I'm dying to talk to you now about the impact program at Alice Smith School. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is, please? It's a nice, slow, deliberate start. So what I can say is that we've tried to model this from the top. So our Council of Governors have taken part. We've had a parent workshop, which was led by Mushtaq and his team. We've also had pastoral leaders and our professional services key leaders have all had the impact statement workshops. And that's to really ready us as adults to be able to lead those and facilitate those with our students so that we actually feel ready and we're role modeling it and we're walking the talk rather than just putting this onto the students' shoulders. We want to have done this ourselves. And what was the inspiration behind all of this? I mean, where did it actually come from in the first place? The inspiration is is on this call. So uh, Mushtaq, when I, I met Mushtaq, we talked about having an impact statement and we talked about how it would speak to someone's core values, how it would enable them to have a, an intrinsic sense of their own motivation, how they would understand themselves and their own environment better. And of course, we wanted to experience that. So we, we did that with, with the team from Harriet Watt. And we actually discovered that for many of our key leaders here, it, it gave a new sense of purpose and verve to what they were already doing and already passionate about. And of course, if we know it's good for us, why wouldn't we accelerate that wisdom down to the younger generation? So the catalyst was seeing the work at Harriet Watt and wondering, well, what if you take that and you use it earlier on in a child's life? And tell us a little bit about some of the examples of the impactful initiatives then. Uh, the impactful initiatives for Alice Smith are actually not off the ground yet. So actually for us, what it will likely be is we'll likely have our student leaders who will go through impact workshops and they'll start to shepherd and guard, you know, be the guardian of that to the other students. 
And we've talked a lot about whole school, how this would look, wanting the students, the older students, to be the role models for this. Sure. Now, Mushtaq, it strikes me that this really is your area of expertise. I mean, clearly people like Sean coming to you for, for, for your advice and for your, for your input. How did you get into this in the first place? Well, I have been uh, an educator quite, for quite some time. And I'm an engineer by training. And I still remember maybe two decades ago when I go for an open day uh, where students who have done math and physics would come to ask me and my other colleagues about engineering. And usually the question would be, look, I'm very you know, excited about technology, mathematics, physics, and chemistry. I think I would like to do engineering, but I don't know what's the difference between mechanical engineering or chemical engineering or electrical engineering, or I'm a girl and I want to do civil engineering. Would that be suitable for me? And stuff like that. So we have a very good conversation about engineering and the other fields, and, and people went to go on and, and, do, and do their engineering courses. Over the past decade, I noticed that increasingly when I go to rooms that are full of students who just finished high school and they are coming to a university to inquire. And I said, what, what, what do you guys want to do? More often than not, they say, we are not sure. So we've, we've gotten A's in math and physics and we've done all our dues. You know, we listened to our parents, we did the exams, but we really, really we are not sure about, you know, what to do next. Now I can almost do this with statistical certainty. If I go to a room that's run full random with people who just finished their high school and I say, who is here? Not sure what to do next. 95% of the hands will go up, sometimes to the, to the dismay of their parents who are with them in the, in the room. So we started thinking, what is going on here? You know, why our young people are not very sure about what, what to you know, what to do next. Now, there are many theories. Uh, part of those could be, you know, the many options that we have, the fact that we are continuously telling our young people, yes, you can do engineering and accounting and, and other programs, but you know what? This job is going to be automated. That job is going to be automated. This machine will do this job and will mach the machine will do the other job. So we had really a dream in the beginning or, or, or just a, a vision and uh, the idea was if you go to any university in the world and ask someone, you know, what do you do here? What are you doing as a student? He or she will tell you something like, well, I'm doing mechanical engineering or I'm doing psychology or I'm doing something like that. So the, the dream was if you go to any of the campuses of Harriet Watt University and you ask a student, what are you doing here? They will look you in the eyes and they will say something like, well, I'm working on a project to plant a million trees because throughout their lifetime, these trees are going to remove 100,000 tons of CO2 from the atmosphere. Oh, and by the way, I'm doing chemical engineering. So the idea was for people to see the impact that they want to have on the world as something that comes to the fore when they re relate to who they are and what impact they want to have on, on, on the world, and then to see the, the program or the study as, in a way, a supportive and enabler of that, rather than I'm just a, an engineer or an, or an accountant. So we thought this was a brilliant idea. We, we loved it. And actually, we decided that we will ask the students to go and reflect over what impact they want to have on, on the world, and we thought that was good. 
lucky to us, we had a, another thought and we said, before we ask the students, maybe just like what Sean just mentioned, before we ask them, what is our impact statement? Because we call this an impact statement. So what would be our impact statement? So my colleagues and I, we said, let's just have a cup of tea and then let's write our impact statements and let's share it. And that's when we realized it is really difficult. We did not have much beyond, well, we want to make the world a better place. We want to empower other people to, uh, to, you know, to be better versions of themselves or things to, to that effect, which are very, they're correct in a way, but they're very similar. You know, anyone could just say, I'm here to make the world a better place. So we decided that we should really not ask the students to do this until we get all the staff and ourselves as well uh, equipped with our impact statement. So we went on and we, we, we developed a program in which we put all the academic and professional services staff at Harriet Watt University in Malaysia through so that they develop their own impact statements only then when we had enough confidence and capabilities went to the uh, to the students and we put them through a similar program so that they are able to uh, know their purpose, know themselves, and also have the plans to mobilize that purpose into a positive impact on the world. I love the way that some of these conversations involve discussions over tea, which is, uh, which, which is in my opinion, a fantastic way to discuss anything like this. But, but also, Mushtaq, you remind me of that famous story, whether or not it's true, I'm not sure, about the cleaner at NASA in the 60s who was asked about what he's doing. Uh, I love the way that you're nodding here. You know exactly what I'm going to say. And, and he didn't reply that he was cleaning. He said that he was helping to put a man on the moon or a person on the moon, I should say. Tell me a little bit about collaboration and why you feel like collaboration with Alice Smith School is so important. Well, we have been doing this, uh, this work and talking, talking about it. And um, it was really the leadership that has been shown by Sean and Alice Smith that uh, enabled us to take this to the younger generation. So this is something that we have not done much in the, in the, in the past. And personally, I... I believe that, you know, we are in such a special moment in our history that my prediction in a few years from today, parents will send their children to schools, maybe even to universities, primarily to learn about themselves and find and articulate their purpose. And secondarily, to learn the skills and knowledge required to master a body of knowledge that could be mechanical engineering or accounting or something else. So uh, personally, I believe that purpose is an idea that its time has arrived. You know, Victor Hugo said, what's stronger than all the armies in the world is an idea that its time has arrived. So that's why when when I met uh, uh, Sean and I knew that she would like to do something very different in, in the school, I, I felt very excited about that. And I'm, I, I told her many times that not only as a university, I'm personally committed to supporting that, uh, that journey that she's taking the school on. And I think to prove that this work can be done at multiple ages. I think this is a very powerful thing. You see, interestingly, when, I, when we introduced this work at the university level, there are some people who said, oh, this is too, too late. You know, the, the students have been sort of shaped or formed by their 
their their education system. Uh, they are here to acquire knowledge to be the best engineers and accountants and so on they could be. While I know that when Sean is trying to do what he is doing now at Ellis Smith, people say, is this too early? You know, I, I think there is no right time for it. I think people need to reflect on who they are and, and, and within the right context, in the right way, at multiple uh, levels in their, in their life. And I think that uh, collaboration, when it shows that both a school and university can do it, I think we, between us, cover probably anywhere from six, five years old to probably 22, 23, which is an amazing uh, spread. Now, the, the great thing that, uh, that, that Sean is doing is she made this available to parents. And I, I myself facilitated a session for, for, for parents uh, to find their, to articulate their purpose and write their impact statements and things like that. And they wrote us emails after this saying, this is amazing. Now I know why you are asking my child to do it. This is good. You know, I want to do more of. And I think this is, this is really revolutionary. I, I believe that uh, we are showing the way. And, um, and I feel that this is, this is a piece of work that people would sort of get in a, in a sort of spontaneous, uh, instinctive manner. So people say purpose is good. Yes, it is good. No one will say that. Don't do that. But how to do it? I think that is that is a big question. And I think um, one of the things that we are trying to prove is that through a well-structured process that will happen within a couple of hours, you will get very close to knowing who you are and what's your purpose. Because sometimes people say, um, which is true to a, to, to a certain level, you, you will take a lifetime to fully recognize your purpose. But at times when you say this, it almost says, don't do anything about it. You know, it will happen when it's the right time. I think we are challenging this and we are saying every moment is the right time. And you will find, you will, you will be able to describe yourself and your purpose in a certain way. And you will continue working on it and you will continue shaping it, understanding it more, rather than you, will, you, you need to wait until you reach a certain level of maturity or financial status or whatever before you do that. So I think that is why I believe this collaboration and partnership really is really important. I love that really. So there's a message, a clear message there for everyone listening to this right now, that it's, it, people are never too old for anything like this. Be equally, people are never too young for anything like this. Yes. Sean, just tell us briefly a little bit about the community. I'd love to understand how the school is involving the local community in all of this. The community really has started with our key stakeholders. So our governors, our parents, and obviously some of our key leaders. That will broaden out. It will likely broaden out through some of our avenues like our trustees, um, but that will be the next stage and that will go alongside the students. And I think what we're really wanting is for the students to drive that community engagement so that things are not coming top down and sideways. They're actually coming from the grassroots of the school. And of course, they're, they're the reason for the school. They are our purpose, um, our collective purpose. So we're hoping that that will come from them and they'll have some ownership over how this develops. Because obviously for us, that's the key piece is that they get some agency in how this works once they've got their purpose statement, how they want to use it. Sean, tell me a bit more about that. I mean, how do, how do we actually translate that purpose into, into real action then? I think certainly there are, there are different models out there, but 
when I've worked with the student leaders at our school, one of the things that's very clear is that once they have a basic framework for the, the tools we've given them, they're very clear that they want to drive projects that usually have real impact both locally and internationally, but also have some resonance for them as a generation that maybe we wouldn't spot or identify from, from our purview. So one of the things I would say is I'm very clear that our students would know what that direction would look like. And I would see us again as enablers, if I can come back to that word, that we would be providing the conditions, the environment, and perhaps sometimes the resource or the safety of practicing that in a, in a good environment, a safe environment where that trial and error is welcomed and they could see where their impact goes. Are there any examples you can think of offhand that you can share with us? Certainly, they're not direct to the purpose work. But one of the, the key things within our student leaders at the moment is they're looking at how do they have impact for incoming students and how does it look specific enough that it would reach everybody? Because at the moment, things can be quite one size fits all. What our students are really good at doing is creating bespoke experiences for each other um, and really honing empathy and really understanding how that might look, whether it's through technological means that maybe we haven't haven't looked at, um, but they're very, very thoughtful and considered in, in that sense. And it's great to understand where all of this came from in the first place. Great to understand as well where we are right now. But tell me a little bit about the future and where all of this is going to be going. The future, really, it's interesting, isn't it? How much, how much to give away? I think, really, when I picture the future, it's very tangible. And I think I would want every child to, once it's right, and we know developmentally that it, they're the right age to engage in this purpose work, and we, we tread very lightly and work with, our obviously, our teams who are experts in each child development curve to do that. What, once we feel very reassured that it's the right time for each child, We'd want to revisit this work annually and we'd want each child to see that they're developing and that they're having moments of strength in different areas of their life and that their purpose will evolve. It will change. And that's natural and normal as part of their own development and, and people around them. And I suppose I picture really graduation looking quite different if graduation is not just based around a row of numbers and a transcript or an acceptance but it's based around your own evolving purpose and the narrative of the individual being brought to life. I think you'd have some really compelling interviews and some advantages competitively as well, not just the holistic well-being of the child, but I think the business world and the tertiary world would be really interested in those children in a way that right now we're just not making possible. Mm, no, I see that. That makes perfect sense. And Mushtaq, how do you see the future, especially at Harriet Watt University? Yeah. Uh, b before this, if you uh, allow me, I wanted to just give you some examples of the work because we're slightly ahead, and and maybe we can I can answer some of the questions that you've you, you, you've 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 asked. So um, I tell you what we we run potentially one of the best um, in the world programs of actuarial science. We attract very very smart kids to do to do this program, and when when they come in, I usually ask them. Why are you choosing actuarial science, which is a very challenging program at the same time? And often the answer would be, well, I really like math. And my mother said, you know, if you do this, you can make a lot of money being an actuary, which is a sort of an all right answer. But after the students go through the program, I'm going to read you a real impact statement of a, a real year one actuarial science program. It reads like this. I am a math lover. 
My purpose is to use my mastery for math to reduce complexity for others when they need it the most. I am an actuary. So this is an example of an impact statement. And I have shared this with the, with the, with the president of the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries who told me that this kit was able to express what actuaries do maybe better than some of the fellows of the Institute because they really reach the heart of it. And I think it has a power to this, to this, to this statement because it's not generic, it's very specific, yet it's very inspirational. Now, what we do actually now that every, each one of our students in the first semester, they go through this process and they articulate their impact statement. In the second semester of the first year, we put them into groups where they are people who have similar sense of purpose would work on a project to raise funds for an NGO that is aligned with their purpose. So we have students who have raised money for the Malaysian Federation for the Deaf or the Turtle Hatchery in Kuantan and, and so on. And the students, by the end of the semester, semester two, they have raised a specific amount of money and they have touched a certain number of people, turtles, whatever, but they've touched life in a very positive way. Now, why we insist on getting them to do crowdfunding? Because it's a very specific way of showing impact. So this is not just it's an unquestionable way of showing impact while also we are building entrepreneurial uh, capabilities. And we think that notion of bringing purpose and meaning to having that very specific impact in an entrepreneurial way is really something that the world would be, would be uh, needing. Now, this work that we, we are leading on here started in Malaysia at Heriot University in Malaysia, and we are taking it to the other parts of the university, including our campus in Edinburgh, our campus in Dubai. And we have made a decision at our university executive last year that each and every one of our students throughout their mode of study will be having that sense of purpose articulated and they will be able to refer to the specific instances within their studies and within their life where they have brought this purpose into, into reality and mobilized it. Mushtaq, I love the example of the impact statement that you gave there. Have you got one yourself? Uh, absolutely. You know, we, we all lead by example. And, and mine is, I am a storyteller. And my purpose is to inspire others to tell more empowering stories about themselves and about the world we live in. Now, you would, you would uh, recognize that the structure of the impact statement has the I am statement, which we usually refer to as your superpower. And then your purpose statement, which is really, you know, why you think you are here on, on earth. And there is a last part which could change from time to time, which is really your current plans to mobilize that purpose into a positive impact on the world. I, I love this. Immediately, I'm thinking about what my own impact statement would be. But clearly, I need a bit more time to think about that. So I'll put that to work for sure. So, so Simon, sorry, I just want to say this, that it's better to work within the process because often people will say oh i'll think about it myself but i think going through the process will assure you of having the um, uh, you know a better sort of uh, outcome because the process has been um, worked on, worked on for quite some time and um, if you would like 
to uh, develop your impact statement. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to support you through that. Oh, that's very kind of you, Mushtaq. That's very kind. Thank you. There's so much to talk about here, and we could easily be here talking about this all day, but I'm keeping an eye on time. We're going to need to bring this podcast episode to a close in a moment. But Sean and Mushtaq, I, I want to thank you both for being here. It's, it's great talking to you both about this, and certainly I've learned a lot from this, and I'm sure that our listeners have as well. If anybody has any questions and they wanted to follow up with either of you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you or, or with somebody else? Well, I would welcome people reaching out directly to me. I'm available on LinkedIn. And if you they search my name, they can find my, my, my email as well. So I'm, I respond to people when they put purpose in the, in the um, email title. I've, I'll open it immediately. I'm, I'm very excited about this work. Excellent. And Sean, for you? I'm very easy to contact. So most of our community will know how to reach me by email. Otherwise, it would be my school portal and my contacts are on there. And there's a feedback form on our website that I always receive. So no problem. Happy to engage. Excellent. Well, thank you both for that. And it sounds like to me like that's a, that's a clear invitation for anyone else to share their thoughts or questions or, or even their experiences with you both. But in the meantime, thank you both for being here. It's been great talking to you both. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. It was great. Thank you, Mushtaq. Thank you. So there we are. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you have any questions at all, then please do get in touch with the school. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.